All right. Welcome. welcome. Oh, boy. Welcome. Everybody, welcome to the Cigar Snob Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez with Ivan Ocampo. Welcome, guys. And Eric Carovino. How's it going? Pretty good. So uh, we are smoking a cigar today. All well, of us are, are smoking we? the same one. Are we? Incredible. For a change. Incredible. We'll let you know what Who that cigar knew? is. And uh, we're also going to be talking about a whole bunch of other things, like people sleeping in separate beds, uh, like a guy who maybe didn't kill himself that everybody's talking about. Uh, also, cannibal ants that I didn't know were a thing. And UFC 244. I wasn't thrilled with that story, but yeah, I'll well, let you ride with it. I mean, that wasn't me. That wasn't my submission. Oh. But I trust Ivan. If Ivan... If Ivan's putting submissions in I didn't in put here, it in there. I think they're pretty good. There's only three of us. Well, <laughs> I blame Petey. Uh, all right, but all that and more after this break for an ad from Drew Estate. Introducing the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, which features a dense plantation-grown Matafina wrapper over a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf binder with fillers from Nicaragua. Showcasing the floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina tobacco with unique texture, the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro is manufactured at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, blended by Willy Herrera, and presented in five Vitolas. It's now available at Drew Estate retailers nationwide. All right, on this episode of the podcast, our featured cigar is... Ivan, what do we call this? Le Garagish. <laughs> Uh, I got solid ga- garagiste? No, I think it's Illusione Garagiste. Garagiste, yeah. Illusione Garagiste. Out of Nicaragua. Nicaragua. What? Does anybody know what that means? Uh, a garagiste is a uh, like a garage winemaker from France. It's kind of a term that's used to to describe these these winemakers that don't sort of follow the the traditional conventions of French Bordeaux winemaking. And so they make these more modern. Again, they just book convention. And so I'm guessing, and I haven't spoken to, to Dion about this, but I'm guessing that that's kind of what this is. This is a uh, his homage to that style of wine. This is his version of it in cigar making. I'm going to book tradition uh, and do a cigar that I think the modern cigar smoker will like. I think that's where he's going for because this cigar is considerably stronger than, and this is now just after having yeah. smoked a little bit of it. I can tell it's a lot stronger than a typical illusion. Yeah. Or illusioni. Ilu- I think illusioni. Yeah, they like illusioni. Illusioni. So, uh, so yeah, I think that that's kind of what he's going for here is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buck the traditional Cuban cigar making... Uh, conventions and ideals and make a cigar for modern cigar smokers that like something stronger. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that that's what that's about. And is the garagiste thing uh, maybe like comparable to say like a, there's not really a fancy word for it here, but like a home brewer? Is that the idea like that you're making it in a garage in that sense or? No, it's still, it's still being sold. As a matter of fact, they, uh, but, but it's not by, uh, like these these uh, garage vin du garage, uh, they're not made by an estate that has um, a pedigree or or is very well known. It's uh, but at the same time they get these really high ratings and they get like a cult following. Yeah, and sometimes they'll go for for very high prices. 
Cool. So anyway, that that's just the the whole French uh, wine Got connection to this. Yeah, and he's a big wine guy. Himself. He is. So, uh, all right. So the Garagiste is made in Nicaragua. It's got an Ecuadorian wrapper with filler and binder from Nicaragua. This is a six by fifty-two Toro, and it retails for nine dollars and eighty-five cents. Now that we've kind of gone through the explanation of the name, how do you guys feel about the cigar itself? I dig it. Like I said, it is stronger than a typical Illusione, and you guys know I'm a fan of Illusioni. So, uh, and I don't, I don't see Illusioni. I go Illusion, but uh, like last night, I was smoking a Fumé d'Amour that I had in my humidor since 2014. That was just outrageous. So I was kind of in the mood to continue down the illusion path. So today we're smoking this. I like it. It's maybe not my favorite illusion. Yeah. Because I what I love about them is is how flavorful, medium bodied, not not super strong, but cranked up on flavor. Uh, so I, I like that about them. But like I said, for someone who likes the Illusion profile but wants a little bit more kick to it, this would probably be something up your alley. It is flavorful as hell. I wonder if this is a cigar that you would feel differently about if you smoked it blind because you go into it sort of expecting what you go to Illusioni for. That's and a then, good point. You know, so maybe if you were smoking this blind, I think so. you know, you'd... That's a good point. And that is why in the ratings we smoke them blind so that we don't have a preconceived notion. Uh, but these are not ratings. These are just right. us smoking them, so... And usually something I'm picking. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. I like that it has sort of like an earthy and it's not often you get like an earthy chocolate kind mm-hmm. of. That's, I think you're spot on with that. I agree. 100%. That's kind of what I get here. Yeah. Ivan? It's delicious. Um, I can't remember right off the top of my head other Illusion products like their flavor profile, but I do like a, a bunch of Casa Fernandez stuff, you know. Um, so this, is, this tastes delicious. Um, it has that... I guess you can call it that Cuban traditional label, a la tatuaje mm-hmm. style, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, I had this impression going in just from a marketing standpoint. Like of, a packaging standpoint. Yeah, packaging of what I was going to get, and it, it does taste nice so far. Yeah. And now that the, it's almost, when I say earthy chocolate, maybe it would also help if you're hearing this. It's almost like a, uh, rather than chocolate, almost like a mole kind of flavor. Yeah, I guess with the, maybe, I can see where you're going with that, yeah. with the spice combined in there. Right, right, right. Kind of makes it feel more mole-ish. Uh, but no, the, the chocolate is there. I think there's also uh, a nice uh, chunk of cedar in there. Yeah. Like a, a, a very nice cedar aroma that comes off of it. Some leather uh, creaminess. It does have mm-hmm. a good bit of creaminess, too. So, yeah, it's an enjoyable cigar. Again, I mean, uh, Illusion... I'd be hard pressed if you told me, find me a bad one. Right. I really, I, I like everything that they make. So uh, we will come back to the cigar later on in the show show. Uh, a show show. You like that? Maybe I'll drop that in But before that, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. Including, since we we're only leading with this because we sort of you know touched on it in the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, UFC two forty four. So that was headlined. It's your obviously, time to shine, buddy. Headlined, obviously, Masvidal Diaz. Did we all watch the fight? I know you watched the fight. I watched the fight. Yep. Eric, did you see the fight? 
I saw highlights of the fight. Saw so highlights of the fight. So, yeah, Masvidal surprisingly dominant in that fight. Uh, pretty lopsided. surprisingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if either of them won, but I was surprised at how like comfortably he, was he won I was every round. Super impressed with the way he fought. Yeah, yeah. I was I was surprised that it was as lopsided as it was, and then unfortunately it ended over a cut, which was sort of controversial. I think that I'm still in the shouldn't have stopped over the cut camp, but uh, the more that I hear about it, the more it's like the concern wasn't so much about the bleeding as it was about like you're going to take this guy's eyelid off uh, just because of how deep and wide the cut was. So like if it got any wider, would he lose the eye? Uh, so, uh, but this is huge for Mahvidal and for Miami, I think, just in terms of like having a star in a sport that we really haven't had uh, a superstar in there. I mean, obviously been fight. Well, there was Kimbo. I mean, he's not at this level, I know, but at, yeah. at a cult level, he was. And the, then there was also the other guy. The, definitely had a cult following. The street, yeah. the street, the other guy, street guy. Knock him out. What was his name? That was it. Data two thousand or Data five thousand <laughs> or whatever. I don't know who you're talking Snuff about. Snuff him out. He had like a nickname like that. Oh, level him out. Level him out. That was it. Snuff him out. <laughs> Snuff him out, Jones. Uh, but he, yeah, he was more of like a like an internet viral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of like a legit, like, you know, Kimbo Slice got to like the pro level of MMA and was a flop. Well, yeah, he was already like 75 years old. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I think this was a great night for MMA because I'm, sure. I'm the casual, you right. know, uh, watcher and I paid the 60 bucks to watch it. And the entire card was very entertaining. So I think they gained a lot of fans. Yeah, and I even and they were they were pushing back the um, the Canelo fight, yeah, because of this. So it was delayed a really, long time. Yeah, yeah. So this is a great night for MMA, I guess. Yeah. So Canelo Alvarez uh, was fighting um, uh, Kovalev. So this was for the light heavyweight WBO title, and I think they delayed that fight by like an hour and a half so that it wouldn't overlap. And they were actually playing the Masvidal fight on the jumbotron at the MGM Grand. Which is pretty crazy in terms yeah. of like, because that's not an insignificant fight, and nobody. I mean, even just now, like, I don't think you even knew that fight was happening. I knew it was happening, but I didn't care. Right. Yeah. I I did know it was happening because I get I got hit with a lot of advertising leading up to it mm-hmm. from uh, is it DZN or S- I think it's called the Zone, but it's a, it's D A Z N, and somehow you're supposed to know that that's the Zone. Yeah, it doesn't which work. Is ridiculous to me. Yeah, it doesn't work. Uh and they do a lot of MMA stuff, but they have like lower lower tier promotions on DAZN. Um But anyway, yeah, I mean that's a that's a major fight, which I did see highlights of that fight, and it was it looked pretty good. I'm not even a boxing fan really, but you know it was entertaining enough uh, from what I saw. But nobody's been talking about it. Uh, anyway, other fights that happened there. Uh, part of what was interesting about it, I think, about the rest of that card that we talked about was that it was a lot of fights either involving or between fighters who had recently lost, but that were, like, themselves, you know, top ten fighters. So, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson won his fight. He had been knocked out by Anthony Pettis. We saw that highlight with that Superman punch bouncing off the fence. Wasn't much of a Superman punch, but, yeah. It was a pretty Superman-y punch. I don't know. Okay, what fine. Do you want? fine. Not fine. easily impressed. No, this I'm guy not, over here. Well, what are you going to do? Wonderboy broke both his hands, apparently. Uh, Black Beast... That uh, I liked. 
Black Beast won his fight against uh, Blagoy Ivanov, I think his name is. Best thing about that was the post-fight interview. As usual with Black Beast, right? So Ivanov has a, uh, a stab scar uh, at the bottom of his chest. And Black Beast was talking about that he was trying to punch him in the booty hole that he has on his chest, which I thought that was pretty great. It looked great. like another like belly button. It idea. looks like a booty hole. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but then he says something like, my hands was wet. My hands were too wet. I know, and I know I, he I, likes it dry. <laughs> he likes it raw in the booty hole. That's right. <laughs> that guy is classic. That guy is awesome. Uh, so anyway, and then I was watching an interview with him recently. He's like a really entertaining character. Uh, well, when you give yourself that nickname, Black Beast, yeah, you know this is going to be a good time. Yeah. Right? That's... He's not going to be Black Beast and then be boring as the interview. Right. So Ariel Helwani did this remote interview with him, and he was, like, sitting by his fireplace. So they were remarking about how first time he interviewed him by phone or by Skype or whatever it was, he was, like, in a much more humble home, and now he has a fireplace in Houston. Uh, and so he agreed to go by Bougie Beast, which I think is pretty good. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, and then the whole thing about the delay of the Canelo fight, which I think in, in broader terms, like, that's the that's the story there is just – from a popularity of those two sports standpoint, like it's not often that you get that kind of a side by side where one of them actually consciously takes a back seat and delays a championship fight uh, so that people can watch this other thing where it's like a made up belt on the line. I know that's crazy. pretty wild. The, um, the WWF aspect to it was very entertaining mm-hmm. with uh, the rock coming the rock, in yeah. doing the belt presentation. And it was very university of Miami ish. It was nice. It with, was good. Uh, with the uh, turnover chain type stuff, right, right, right. Yeah, made yeah. up, you know, made up jewelry. So anyway, so that was uh, that was a cool thing. I went and saw it at Taurus in Coconut Grove, and people there were going bananas. Uh, and I it remember started off great with the that first fight with that one kick that almost knocked the guy's head off. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee's uh, knockout of I forget his name, but yeah, Is that Ben that was Lee's another. brother. Yeah, to leave a without you. <laughs> Uh, so anyway uh, that's UFC 244 we probably won't see Nate Diaz for a long time because he's got to have cosmetic surgery he won't see Nate Diaz for a long time (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he's going to have to have surgery to remove all that scar tissue uh, because his cut did come on an area where he has a lot of it so it's like ready to pop open Uh, and then that that seems career threatening no because every time he takes a punch there it Burst wide open. Yeah, so that's the thing is the the surgery would be not just to close up the wound, but to remove all that scar tissue and then like close and it, reinforce up. it, put some fiberglass in there. Like, what do you do? No, I, well, I, I get, I guess you're just cutting out scar tissue and you kind of maybe it changes, you know, how stretched out your eye hole is or something. But I think you're just getting rid of that stuff that's more ready to to burst. Double up on the stitches, doc. I need this to last. <laughs> Seriously, like, yeah. what do you do? No, 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 I don't. I, I don't know. Put some Kevlar in there. Maybe. Skin graph. From your booty hole. From, from your chest bo- booty I hole. I you're going there. From Blagoy's booty hole. Okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, so the next thing on our on our show notes here, uh, total uh, hard wow. shift here. Yeah, this is a screeching. Walter Mercado, who is the... Uh, <laughs> Ivan loves this item. Latin America's favorite, maybe only like pan-Latin famous astrologer. Oh, hell yeah. Has died at, I want to say, 88 years old. Um, honestly, he was not 
for me growing up ever like all that much of, i mean i was aware obviously of who he was i know but your your parents spoke perfect english and still do <laughs> yeah yeah but even i think growing in their up. household i think it was more of like uh they're having grown up like especially my dad because my mom had one sister but my dad was in a massive family i think they were like they're shiite catholics yeah so they were like not down with like the oh my parents found that stuff uh hilarious my entire childhood it was i mean it was the things that what the said on his uh i can't remember if it was a sunday night show or something but every week he would do the horoscope and it was it was entertainment you watched yeah. it for the entertainment not for the actual horoscope and and the things that he said and the way that he said it would become part of your vocabulary kind of like what we do here mm-hmm. where where we use the funny things that people say sometimes and use them in our vocabulary So, <clears throat> like you always, you always use those what the mercado isms, yeah, uh, in our house. So, can you please describe him? I'm for, trying to remember one as I'm saying it. No, describe him. Uh, oh, physically oh, so he, he to, was okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe who, we, you can you can look him up first. But uh, if you're driving, I'll try my best here. His name is Walter Mercado, and he's a he's a man. That it, looks, he was a, a man. Yeah, but looks much more like a woman than you can imagine, right? Walter Mercado. Sounds like a normal dude. Looked like he, an old lady. He looked like an old Puerto Rican lady. Yeah. Right? And he would dress in these... Uh, Liberace. Liber- exactly. That's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. Is these Liberace-type flowing gowns. Yeah. And he would sit on a on a, on a sort of throne in his, uh, in his studio. So it was pretty, pretty comical. I mean, overly, overly gay... Uh, flamboyantly gay uh, in a, and in a funny way even though he was being very serious about his Although astrology I don't know that he, did he ever actually come out everybody knew but did he ever actually right, so come I'll out rephrase it uh, overly effeminate sure <laughs> okay uh, in his delivery in his mannerism in his attire uh, I don't know that he ever came out and said he was gay but I mean I would uh, even just... that, that, not that that matters it was just yeah, funny yeah. It, it was just he he wasn't he was a, a personality because of the way that he delivered the horoscope right well I, i was reading and and we'll put a link to it in the in the show page for this episode um but i think it was it was on fox news but it was an associated press story um where this guy alex fumero who the name sounds familiar and i think maybe he's from here somebody who's been working on a documentary about mercado mentions that he never came out which may which supposedly at least according to this guy helped Mercado's popularity because it was like this unspoken thing, but like maybe more machi. Because remember, this guy's wildly famous in all of Latin America. Where I think in the Caribbean, like yeah, there's some you know anti-gay whatever, but like there's much more machista countries than say Cuba, Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and maybe that helped his ability to stay famous and popular everywhere because like nobody had to actually come out and say like I'm a huge fan of this gay astrologer yeah. or like I watch him in my house every day. Uh, So maybe that played a role. I will say we mentioned the Liberace comparison. I think it's worth, like, for people, maybe when you're not driving, do a Google <laughs> Images search for Liberace and then one for for Walter Mercado. And I think it's crazy that I think Walter Mercado out flamboyants uh, Liberace, especially, like, in his poses. Like, he never had a camera in front of him without doing some crazy hand thing. Liberace oh, yeah. sometimes is just dressed like Liberace, like, standing there. Walter Mercado was never just standing never there. Never just standing there. That's true. <laughs> So, uh, so anyway, yeah. So that's uh, this is definitely one of those like sort of cultural icons that uh, I think it's you know 
some of our audience will be hearing about him for the first time, and some of them will be like old news guys. You know, I got I got a text about it from my family. Yeah, <laughs> when he died. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, you were saying about about uh, giving an example of one of these phrases, and it was always he always ended his, and it took me a while to remember it, but he always ended his his show something about uh, pero mucho mucho amor, like always, like always, like hey, no matter what you do. Always give love, lots of love. Right. That was always his ending thing. Right. With like a Bill O'Reilly pointing to the camera, the spin stops here, but say <laughs> oh, always with a little more. This is the no hate zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that that became, you know, whenever someone was going to leave or something like that, you know, hey, I'll see you later, but whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know, it was always used that way. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, before we move on, a word from our sponsor. Viva la vida. After 23 years in the retail side of the cigar business, brothers Billy and Gus Faki took a trip to Esteli, Nicaragua that changed their lives. After spending time with AJ Fernandez and visiting his fields and factories, they decided to have AJ make cigars for their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. The brothers Faki are excited to introduce their latest creation, the Viva la Vida Jester. The full-bodied blend for this 5x56 limited edition limited edition masterpiece has been in the works for almost a year and is the product of AJ's mastery in cigar making and the Faki brothers' profound understanding of the American cigar smoker. Like all Artesano del Tobacco cigars, the Jester is only available in brick-and-mortar cigar shops. It comes in packs of 5 for $58, which works out to $11.00. And 60 cents per cigar. Ask your local retailer for Viva La Vida the Jester or look them up on www.artesanodeltobacco.net. That's A R T E S A N O D E L and then tobacco in English. T O B A C C O. Artesano del Tobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram at Artesano del Tobacco. Do you did you ever uh, did you ever get a did you ever have a chance to go to the Cigar Inn when they own the, those stores in New York? Awesome place. Those are great, right? Yeah. Yep. I used to love that. That was always a, you know, whenever you were in New York and you just wanted a cigar shop, not not a cigar, but not like Carnegie Club or or Havana or Grand Havana or any, or you just you or away, away from the hustle and bustle. Correct. Of like you wanted Times just Square, a cigar Nashville, shop where you yeah. could just hang out, smoke your cigar. Uh, and just chill. Great shopping. It always had a great selection. And they were always... I heard the parties were pretty good at night, The too. parties were great. You yeah. know who used to always do parties there? Rene, when he was with... Rene Castaneda with... Uh, back in the day when he was with La Aurora. Yeah. Uh, and the, the parties were awesome. Because they had a liquor store next door. Yeah. And so, even though they were, they were not a cigar bar or anything like that, you could buy a bottle and then bring it across. And so, that was... That was a damn good time. Those yeah. were good days. So... So anyway, those guys, yeah, yeah, those guys are the ones behind this. Viva la vida. And that's part of what they mean when they say of their knowledge of, of smokers and, and what smokers are looking for. These guys have a ton of experience in a major cigar market uh, catering to all sorts of, of peoples. Yep, yep. So uh, look out for Artesano del Tobacco and go back to our, mo- our recent episode, the last episode we did, episode 100. We smoked this cigar. So that's... The one that we were smoking throughout that conversation. We were, yeah, we were smoking the Jester. Correct. Uh, 
Time for the Cigar Snob NFL update. Ooh, we need some music. There it is. There's your music. So good. I'm into it. You need like the NFL. Yeah. yeah. No, I like I like the Morse yeah. code. <laughs> so the Dolphins won, dude. Dolphins crazy, win. Right? That's crazy shit a right win there. Win on the board. I don't know if they wanted to, but they got a win. So they're, uh, of course, they are now one and to, how many? One and six, or mm-hmm. yeah. So, so yeah, they they beat the lowly Jets. The, the lowly Jets, my Jets. God, they're bad. Yeah, they are. They're a shit show. They're undisciplined. They're boring to watch. <laughs> Poorly coached. Adam Gase. Adam Gase. He's the best. I was setting you up for that. But uh, but yeah, they they're they're pretty bad, dude. And they're trying as an organization to win. Well, they're getting rid of guys too. Traded away uh, Leonard Williams to the Giants. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Before the season, they were no, yeah, talking playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. Now they're thinking draft. <laughs> not, yeah, that's it. Screw it. Uh, what about that cat? Did you guys see the cat uh, on Monday Night Football? Well, we, I just saw it earlier. Ivan was showing me, but that's a pretty good call. By Kevin Harlan, yeah. Oh, the call itself, yeah. The call, yeah. So when it happened, I was watching the game. Um, who was it? It was Giants and Dallas. Yeah. So the 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 Giants were up at that point, and when that cat ran on the field, I was like, "That's it. Oh God, it's over. It's over." And everybody in the stands, you could Knew see it. it in their face. They're like, "This is over." And sure as shit, it was all downhill after that. And then Kevin Harlan had the great call. Uh, There you go. He's walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW people who get it now. A policeman, a state trooper has come on the field. And the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. (laughs) That is awesome. And the cat is elusive. Kind of like Barkley and Elliott. But he didn't know where to go. Look at they're trying to corner him and they got him in the end zone there are state troopers all around this cat which now climbs up into the stands and the fans are running for their line now it goes back on the field again and it's running in the back of the end zone and it runs up the tunnel I love, I love how he worked in the sponsor. Sure. Nick, was... you got to up your play-by-play game and work in El Galang and Viva La Vida next. <laughs> we have to do some play-by-play. We'll let Petey loose on a football field. Yes. A little less action-packed. I think he'd just lay down. Petey would totally just lay down. Yeah. You'd, you'd Petey get him would... out of the car and he'd just go... Plop. Petey lays down on the El Galang uh... <laughs> rug. The El Galang rug. Uh, so... There's that. The Dolphins won. There was a cat. And then Taggart is out at FSU. Well, more importantly, the Canes won. Canes and also won. Canes won it was, the a, great, it was a great sports weekend as a for whole. My, oh, my God. For South Florida. It was oh, awesome. my God. The They're never blew like out that. The, the Rockets. I mean, blew them out on Sunday night. I was at the game. As a sports fan, you think you would have more weekends like that, where you would have all your teams come out, you know, Making you feel good about yourself. Back in the day. And it is such a freaking rarity to have a weekend like we just had where you have a lot of teams just win. It was nice. It was a feel-good weekend. Yep. A lot of babies were made this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, did you know that, like, those numbers spike 
Yeah. When the uh, in uh, when the World Cup, like whatever team wins the World Cup, the uh, pregnancies spike in the city or the or the country that wins the World Cup. That's that's kind of what happened. In you think that happens during the game or after the game? That's a good question. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I'm gonna say during, just because it sounds more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Goal! <laughs> So as a result of the of the Canes beating the snot out of FSU, they fired Willie Taggart. I think the next day, They're like, all right, buddy. How many games? It was like twelve games in or something. No, yeah, yeah, it's something like eighteen games. Yeah, eighteen or nineteen games in, and it was a buyout, like a big time. What was it? It was an expensive buyout. Almost twenty million, I think. That's a lot of money you give a guy just to be there. It's a, a tremendous few games. golden parachute. Please just leave. We're if that was orchestrated else, yeah. by him, kudos to Willie Taggart. Do you have to have somebody else, like, in the shoot, ready to go? Well, I, for I that would to imagine. Happen? I would imagine that in the in the way that this one went down, I would imagine that they had already a plan in place, and said, "All right, if we have another poor performance, enact Plan A." Right. <laughs> you know. Uh, but I'm saying, do they have a coach already in mind? I have no idea, but... Because... But yeah, there's a couple guys out there. No, I know there's guys out there, but are you willing to take that risk? Just, all right, we're just going to eat this to then grab another guy who you don't know if he's going to end up being the same type of Willie Tiger type That's guy? the name of the game, though, man. No, I know. But I'm just saying, this is like conspiracy theory. Could you have like a Urban Meyer, you know, like... Well, or, they, or have, those they have of... come out and said that they will not hire Urban Meyer. Okay. They, they they had said that before. Now, whether that's true or not, who knows. But they had already said that, that they would not support the hiring of Urban Meyer. But who knows? You got Lane Kiffin down the road there oh, at FAU. You... He will fuck that program up. Oh, absolutely he will. Maybe please, that's please go thinking there. on my part. I know. Yeah. <laughs> please hire Kiffin. So, But, yeah, anyway, it was, uh, it was a fun weekend for South Florida fans. And one thing that we haven't brought up, the same night. So the Canes win, Mavidados win, and the Panthers beat the Red Wings Yep, that same day. The Heat romped Houston. You know that, I, like I said earlier, I was at that game uh, against the Rockets. And the kids were, were saying, oh, man, I was hoping, I was hoping this was, this was going to be more of a game, you know. Settle down, kids. Yeah. We don't get this often. I was like, <laughs> relax. You guys have no idea how bad it has been for us South Florida fans. If we wipe the floor with the Rockets, even if we win by 40, I am happy as shit. I know it's a boring game, but we all the dads, we were hoot, hooting and hollering every dunk, every alley-oop, oh, yeah. every three-pointer. I mean, I, even though we were winning by I mean, for the majority of the game, we were up by like 35 points. Can I confess something? As an old season ticket holder, this is when I was single and Club 11 didn't exist. When it was a blowout like that, everybody would leave and go to a gentleman's club that was down the street, and you would get in for free with your ticket, and everybody would be there in a blowout, and everybody would go straight there, like in the third quarter. It was, yeah, it was a very, great time. Yeah, it's a very Miami. Very Miami thing yeah. to do. <laughs> that's why we get a bad rap. <laughs> and then the Heat are playing in tonight. They play the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, they're on a little three-game uh, West Coast trip. And the Nuggets are 4-2, and two, so it's Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. Gonna be good. So that is your sports, sports update. update. I think we're pretty much done with sports for the day. Uh, let's come back to the cigar. 
now that we've been at it for a little bit. How are you guys feeling about it? It has uh, not changed for me. I don't know about you guys, but um, I mean, maybe a slight uptick in strength, which is already strong, I could tell. Uh, but in terms of flavors, it is going right down the line. It has not mm-hmm. taken any transitions, uh, and, and not, and that's not a bad thing. No, because there's nothing wrong with that flavor profile it started with. So I'm still getting all that chocolate, all that earth, all that spice, cedar. Yeah, I love the cigar. I'd go out and buy it right now. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and I don't know about you guys, but the, I'm struck by the draw is good, the smoke output's good, but it's burning slow. Like extremely it, slow. We You're have right. not gotten right. very much good, of the cigar at all. That's a good point. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess not much to update you on, but if what we said earlier about all that earthy chocolate and pepper and cream and all that sounds good to you, uh, so far this is a super solid, super solid featured cigar for the day. So shout out to Dion. One of, yeah, one of the one of the better. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, if you're not familiar with Dion uh, Giolito. You can go back into the archives. I wish, we could, I wish we could say it with a little bit of, a, of an Italian, you know, Dion Giolito. Well, I think we just did. Okay. Yeah. Dion Giolito. Illusioni. Illusioni. Do you feel better about the E at the end now if you say it that way? If you say it that way, yes. Okay. But then now you've got now you got the problem with Illusioni Garagiste. Ah, uh, that's fine. I, I'm into it. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. All right. So you oh, heard it you first. <laughs> this is how you say it now. So um, Jeffrey Epstein. Did he or didn't he kill himself? We've talked about this a little bit, I think, before. Yes, we did, and and I never believed <laughs> that he killed himself. Right. Not from, I mean, from the get-go. But he tried once, didn't no, he? No, but I think that that was also BS. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I think that, uh, come on, man, it was too many big names. Too many big names implicated, and he just killed himself. No. He's not a guy that had any suicidal tendencies. Come on, bro. He was, uh, his tendency was pedophilia. He was not, nah, I don't think so. And there was way too many big names there. But what the hell do I know? Right. So somebody who does know some things, maybe not about whether he killed himself with any direct knowledge, but um, Project Veritas, which is an organization that is very controversial for their tactics and for all sorts of other reasons. Uh, but they... I also don't like their logo. Their logo is a little, yeah. Uh, Amateurish. Yeah. But um, they put out what they're saying is a leaked video that they obtained from somebody inside of ABC News. That's uh, Amy Robach, who's a co-anchor there, talking on a hot mic. So before they had actually started their broadcast about the fact that she had been reporting uh, in the sense of like gathering the information, working on the story, uh, on this Epstein thing three years ago and... According to her, at least on the, in this moment, uh, that story was shelved, uh, and that it was frustrating to her that she had all sorts of stuff three years ago that people are only talking about now, um, and that they were threatened by uh, Buckingham Palace mm-hmm. because uh, there were you know people in the royal family who were implicated there. Uh, and Dershowitz, yeah, Der- Alan Dershowitz, the Clintons, who, of course. So. And what she says, and this is an ABC News co-anchor, that the minute she heard that he had hanged himself, she she knew. This is her words, that she knew that he hadn't killed himself. So it's a pretty, like, this is not some, like, Alex Jones tinfoil hat No, this is ABC stuff. News. Yeah. And this is ABC, and then there's also, like, the 
aspect of it that's like, well, I mean, what? she's not speaking for ABC News. Sure, she's yeah, speaking but, for herself. But she's got, you know, yeah. she's an ABC News person. Correct, correct. And then there's the whole thing of like, well, what is behind a, a, an organization like ABC News shelving the story? If not that there's all of this, like, you know, pressure and what have you. And, of course, they want access to the royal family and how much more difficult is that going to become if you're reporting on this, that, or the other thing. So, yeah. Uh, a thing to watch, but one of the things that I find interesting is like how this whole Epstein didn't kill himself thing has taken on a life of its own, like in like meme culture too. Mm-hmm. There's so much of that stuff. Oh, and the guy with the with the canine training, right? Who so, like throws in at, at, at he's like, oh, I just want to add a, a PSA right. to this, and he's talking about the dogs and how you should get these dogs trained and blah blah blah, and then at the end he goes. And Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah. Did you happen? Did you see that? Either? No, I didn't. Here, I'll, I'll play it here. We can cut this in the final thing. but. And he can't wait. So thank you and thank Nero for your service. I appreciate it. Absolutely. If, if I could, could I throw a PSA out real quick? Real quick. Uh, just the, the remarkable nature of these dogs and, and them being highlighted in the news creates a, a huge demand by people that, that frankly shouldn't have them. If, uh, if you see the, the coverage and you decide, I want one of these dogs, either buy a finished, trained, uh, you know, fully trained and, and finished dog from a professional, uh, or just, just don't get one at all. Um, and Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> okay, thank you for that commentary. All right, Mike. Maybe what? more on that later. Oh, shit. <laughs> the lady laughing at yeah. Who is that? <laughs> that makes it. Uh, so anyway, that is a thing to... Obviously, there's all sorts of other stuff in the news, but this is like the closest that I can remember something in the news coming to like a... Like conspiracy theory that ends in somebody's death having what looks like legs and people who are not tinfoil hat people looking like they're buying into it. Uh, yeah. Pretty crazy, uh, and it'll be—I don't know. When you imagine, like, suppose that he didn't kill himself, the possibilities there of like, it almost doesn't matter who had him killed if that's the case. Well, so there was also the uh, the I, I think it was a doctor who was hired by Epstein's brother. Uh, I believe his name is Doctor Bladden, and he was uh, he was present during the autopsy, and he's he's a very well respected. Uh, doctor and he, and he said that that the uh, the stress on the neck was more consistent with homicide not suicide because of uh, like the three points where the these bones break or these cartilages are stressed or something like that uh, he says that that is indicative of a homicide not a suicide also he had like uh, something like he had like a bloody eye or something like that mm-hmm. so like a bit of a struggle uh and so yeah this thing definitely has legs yeah we'll see we'll see where it goes but just when we most needed what the mcgall i know he could have been so handy right now you would have known so ivan you submitted a story to our show notes about sleep divorce <laughs> tell me about this this is uh this it's is on the rise you know people uh but tell the people what, what that even what is. is what is sleep, sleep divorce? divorce sleep divorce is uh not sleeping with your significant other in the same bed oh i thought it was like you divorced her while you were dreaming or something yeah no it's it's uh i guess so like sleeping in separate beds separate beds uh, uh lucille ball ricky ricardo style you know and uh and how you get better sleep, and I think that's kind of obvious. You sleep better when when you're not in the same bed, at least in my case. Well, 
Wait, you sleep better or your wife? I do. I think, I do. I think in my case, my wife probably sleeps worse because I'm next to her. I don't. I, I sleep like a rock. You're the snorer. I'm, yeah, I'm a stone cold snorer. <laughs> I think that might have something to do with it too in this in this uh, study. But yeah, I, snoring has to I has to and, contribute and women, to women it. also uh, naturally are more light sleepers. It's part of their mother instinct. Uh-huh. I think uh, they're they're light sleepers. So any little noise wakes them up, and when they've got a chainsaw next to them, they, uh, but I can't get away from mine. No? She's yeah, she's tough to get away. She's like always comes hunt me down. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like hey, I need some good sleep. Leave me alone. It's divorce time. <laughs> doesn't work in my household. Oh yeah, no. So you're the guy that you're the one that doesn't sleep. You bucked that trend then. Yeah. Because it's it's mostly the women that don't sleep good. In, in your case, it's you. Yeah, it's me. So you're looking for the divorce, which is why you post sure, the story. Sure, sure. I think they're like scared. You might like sneak out the back door when you're not there. Of course, I they don't are. know. Terrible. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's why they put up with with yeah. uh, with the noises and the waking up in the middle. The of The only night. reason I put this up because I thought it was like pretty common for men to not want to do the sleeping, but in turns out it's it turns opposite. out it's the opposite. <laughs> Is it pretty safe? To I assume? love my wife, though. I was, was going to say, if she, I, lo- is she I, lo- a I, lo- I love you, honey. Uh, PSA, uh, I love you, honey. <laughs> Mucho amor. <laughs> what the Magala would say. Uh, NFC then comes off. NFC then comes off. Uh, what about these cannibal ants? I haven't honestly opened this link. I don't know what this okay, is. This is the, the show. That is that has the most Ivan contributions. I'm excited. This I'm next one it. is what? I it, dig it. it cannibal it, ants? Yeah, the title got me. It said uh, how, how, how cannibal ants escaped from a nuclear bunker. I just watched Chernobyl, and I was like, what? Now we have to worry about these ants? So that, yeah, that sounds like a running sci-fi ar- movie. Yeah, running around with like with like with some like Radio. radioactivity, you know, that we have to worry about. But it was a pretty shitty story. It was how... Okay, okay so that's why it made it to the show. Okay, good. Uh, okay, give it to me. So I guess back in 2013 or something, they discovered these ants that were near this like polish nuclear bunker or whatever and uh they were trapped they were they they would fall down a pipe and they couldn't get out from where they were yet the population didn't um diminish off, yeah. didn't die off but they weren't reproducing so what they were doing is they were eating each other to survive and the way they would replenish yeah, the, the deaths that- were the ones that would fall down from the tube so they they maintained their population for like, I don't know, however many years, seven, eight years until, and then this is where the part where they escaped. I was like, what do you mean they escaped? Like, how do you let these nuclear, these radioactive <laughs> ants escape? They built, a, I guess, a bridge for them to, to see as they, an experiment to see if they would remain there, if they would find their way out. They built a bridge for them or the ants? The scientists did. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, so there's that. So there's that, but hmm. still a very interesting title. <laughs> <laughs> so tweet us your thoughts about the cannibal ants, the radioactive cannibal ants. You know that the schmooze is right now yeah. looking for the right gif for this, yeah. or the right meme for this. Get on it, schmooze. We're looking for cannibal ant gifs. Hmm. All right, Ivan. The next story also came from you. Did it? Even running just, or did it? <laughs> Yeah, even running just I, I once a week. I know it wasn't me, so. I like the obviousness of this headline. Even running just once a week could significantly lower your risk of death. 
says a new study. Thanks. <laughs> Are you all with me? We're pretty. We're gonna die pretty soon because I ain't running at all. Oh, okay, yeah, pretty okay. So, but it's but the <laughs> but the headline is pretty obvious. Yes, doing a little bit of exercise, just a little bit, will help your good for your health chances of living longer. A lot more. I think it was like. Two, oh, I didn't read the story. I, I think the percentage is like twenty-seven like percent or something like that. Let's do it. But what does that mean? Lower your risk of death? Like, is it? Does it extend your life by a certain amount? Is it? I, I, I don't know. I think it was your life. It extends it past your, past your life expectancy. I think. Yeah. So are we all going to start running now? Is that what's going to happen? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a booster treadmills. board. I'm gonna get a booster board and That's make pretend I'm running. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Good like call. That. So we'll just do we'll, the next episode of the podcast. We'll record while we're boosted boarding around. That'll be the move. Uh, I like this news segment section also. These random news events from random Ivan. Random yeah. thoughts from Ivan. So how brain. much of this was Yahoo News? Because for people who are not aware, it. yeah, people who are not aware, Ivan every once in a while will be sitting there, and he'll just sort of exclaim, "They got me again." Because the Yahoo News people, they it's like they're writing headlines just for you. I think Siri is reporting to Yahoo because they know exactly what I want to click on. It's incredible. <laughs> have, you, have you been having a lot of like uh, cannibal ant conversations with your phone in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> they're listening in. Um, all right. So next up, kind of getting back to cigars a little bit. Uh, this is from the Daily Collegian, which is an independent uh, student paper at Penn State. And the headline, I saw this shared by uh, uh, Glenn Loop of Cigar Rights for America, or of America, uh, how the cigar club at Penn State strives to celebrate cigar culture. So, the Cliff's notes of this, although I would go read the thing, it's kind of a cool story. It's this club of about a dozen uh, Penn State students who get together, unofficial club, not recognized by the university, who get together to smoke. Uh, there's more structure to it than you would typically find in like these, you know, sort of social, let's uh, get together and do a little herf clubs. They vote in advance on what they're going to smoke. So they're all smoking the same thing. You know, they talk about the cigar, all the rest of that. Uh, and one thing that I thought was interesting was at least based on the quotes here, and this is not to knock these students because I think it's great that they're doing this at all. Um, but some of the quotes do come off as like quotes from people who are not super knowledgeable on cigars, which to me is like an optimistic thing because there's still like there's opportunity for them to go even farther down that rabbit hole. Uh, and maybe for, I don't know, maybe it's Cigar Snob or maybe it's CRA to kind of step in or, or brands to kind of step in <clears throat> and help these students get even more out of this regular get-together they're doing at a local cigar shop than, than they're getting now. Um, was there anything like this that you guys, like, were around? I mean, growing up in Miami, probably not, I would imagine. No. It's not really a thing here no, to get together this way. We didn't have that at Barry University, but we did have, uh, we did have a, a little group of us that would, uh, like, once a week just smoke a cigar outside of Garner Hall and... Uh, but that was just, it wasn't a club. It was just us hanging out wanting to smoke a cigar. I think it's more common internationally. The mm -hmm. whole yeah, club right. yeah, environment. Yeah. yeah, just from, you know, knowing several clubs that contact us uh, more so than here in the United States. Maybe it's because it's the amount of cigar shops not, here. Not only that, but yeah, the, the cigar shops in most, let's just use Europe for now. In most of Europe, cigar shops 
uh, don't allow you to smoke on site. Same thing in Canada, right? You can't. However, if you create a club, a social club, uh, then <clears throat> you can usually smoke there, as assuming that the, the place where you have the club allows smoking. But uh, so, yeah, it, it is more common in those places because they're so restrictive on where you can smoke. Also more common in colder weather places where you can't just hang out outside Garner Hall and, and smoke a cigar in the courtyard um, because it's too cold during the winter, during half the year or whatever. So it is more common up north and it's definitely more common overseas. So uh, there is but this... I, I, by the way, sorry, I do like your your idea of, you know, let's reach out to these guys and, and help them out. Yeah, yeah. You know, either send them magazines or, or even go up there and do a, a little seminar with them. I think the seminar, and so shout out to, I don't know whether he started this, but if he didn't start it, he's certainly helping to perpetuate it. The president of the club, Anthony Del Palazzo. Great name. Or Del Palazzo. Del Palazzo. We can give you an illusione garagiste. <laughs> so shout out to Anthony Del Palazzo. Also, he was quoted in here as saying, quote, you might find yourself relighting the cigar over and over and over again because you just get to talk with people. And I'm going to throw out there, maybe smoke something else. You shouldn't have to light your cigar that many times. Yeah, or take a puff in between. Yeah, take a puff in between, you know, pick up your puffing pace. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't want to be lighting your cigar that many times. Chatterbox. <laughs> right, yeah. Maybe just shut up for a second. I know your friends are cool. I know you have a good group going. But just shut up and smoke the cigar for like a minute. Uh, but no, really, like, kudos to all these people. Hopefully, um, you know, this was published in the Penn State paper, but it'd be great if this were, like, shared among other students, because there are cigar-smoking people at universities, and it'd be cool if they were, if the thought occurred to them, like, I think part of what complicates it is the universities don't want to recognize these groups, but mm -hmm. I also love, the anarchist libertarian in me loves, that these people aren't waiting for the Penn, for Penn State to say, like, we'll yeah, you can have a club. Like, no, let's just have a club. We don't need these people to have a club and get people together. Uh, so, anyway, all kinds of stuff to like about this story. Uh, and we'll have that on the uh, on the episode page. Um, and that is the end of the road before That's we it. hit our Drew Estate ad. So, before we hit our parting recommendations, this word from sponsor Drew Estate. Introducing the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, which features a dense, plantation-grown Matafina wrapper over a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf binder with fillers from Nicaragua. Showcasing the floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina tobacco with unique texture, the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro is manufactured at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, blended by Willy Herrera and presented in five Vitolas. It's now available at Drew Estate retailers nationwide. Okay, and this is the end of the show with our parting recommendations where we recommend things that you should eat, watch, read, do, uh, visit. Ivan, what you got? Or where. Or where. Huh? Hmm. So I got some Adidas Ultimate 365 shorts on today. You can wear them around. Got. Oh, they're so Don't nice. Need to wash them. Snug on the junk. <laughs> stretchy in the glutes. <laughs> And they're a snazzy, feel good, feel good on, snazzy good. color. Oh, my God. Hole. So nice. Go out and get these things. They're golf shorts, but I think you can wear these for any occasion. They're 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 real nice. Yeah, they don't look super golf shorty. Yeah, maybe it's the color. I don't know. But I do love the color, the material, 
And they weren't that expensive. They were like 35 bucks. Do they breathe well? Like, are these good, very hot summer shorts? They breathe excellent. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> They're <laughs> tremendous breathers. <laughs> They're mouth breathers. Mouth breathing shorts. We should have, you should do a, an Amazon review for these shorts and put all these comments in there. <laughs> snug on the glutes. No, no snug, snug on, on the, the junk. junk, loose on the glutes. <laughs> I like that. Good tagline. Uh, Man, Adidas, it's... you're welcome. You're so, welcome. Three-stripe life. Oh, man. Uh, I am going to recommend... Uh, so... Ben Shapiro, who maybe I've brought up on this show before, uh, but every Sunday he does, instead of his usual just him talking podcast, on Sundays he does what they refer to as the Sunday Special. So episode 75 of the Sunday Special, which is sort of mixed in with all the other stuff, but this would have been this past Sunday, so the third, uh, look that episode up. And it's a, an interview with Peter Robinson, who... Um, I don't know if he started it, but he's like the head or the chairman or something at the um, the Hoover Institution. Uh, but he is the Reagan speechwriter who wrote the uh, Berlin Wall speech. Oh, wow. Uh, so he is a super, super interesting guy. Like just in the first five minutes, you're like, holy crap, this guy, like very intelligent sounding, like great insight into all kinds of things and a very cool perspective on, like, the events that came, that, like, were happening at that time during that, you know, Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. Uh, and a cool story about how that line came to be, because apparently there was all kinds of pressure to not even reference the wall. Uh, but, uh, and then also, like, I thought very interesting, this guy's take on, you know, he's credited with having written it, and his whole perspective on that is, like, I put the pen to paper, but, you know, I was basically just putting myself in his head and according to him Reagan would like red pen every word not red pen every word but they knew that he was reading every single word and so that's part of like his criticism of uh of certain other presidents including Trump like Trump's best speeches are the ones that don't feel like somebody wrote for Trump as Trump right that he's uh he's sort of uh not all in it when you think of Reagan's best speeches that obviously other people wrote, it felt like it was coming from him. Yeah. And ultimately, he was like very much like in an editor-in-chief sort of role of his own stuff. Uh, so anyway, very much like well worth listening to. Super interesting guy. Uh, and if you want to go down the Peter Robinson rabbit hole, uh, I think it's the Hoover Institution. Yep. He has, yeah, all kinds of other interviews. Like his interviews of other people are also super cool. So mm. anyway, Eric? Uh, mine is uh, the... Uh we, we received a climate-controlled uh, humidor from New Air, uh, and we're putting it in the gift guide, but I wanted to mention it because we received it a couple weeks ago, and I've set it up. <clears throat> the timing of it was perfect because the, uh, the, hum- the climate-controlled humidor that I had uh, by my desk was in disrepair. Mm. Uh, it was old. And so these, these, uh, the fine folks at New Air sent us this, and man, I love it. It's a it's a four hundred count humidor. Uh, the climate control component of it is that it's you know most of these climate control humidors are basically wine fridges that have been modified, right? And this one, this one doesn't seem to be because uh, on those on those wine ones, they're always too too cold. <clears throat> they don't go like above sixty three degrees. And for a cigar, 
although it's it's not bad to go that cold then then you're you're gonna fire up a cigar that's way too cold so you're able to put it at 70 degrees which is which is a lot nicer temperature for cigars to be in uh so anyway i'm i'm really digging this uh this humidor i like its locking capability that way you guys can't sneak into my personal stash Mm. so even though that's where the garages came from by the way what is that retail at by the way do you know Uh, i think it's like 500 bucks but it holds 400 cigars um it's they have smaller ones though they have like a 250 count that's that's around 200 bucks it's it's a slick looking thing it looks good right yeah yeah i'm digging it so i'm pretty psyched about it and uh and thanks to the folks at new air you know we receive a lot of stuff here at the office that we use but we don't always get behind it because sometimes it's just not that good but when they send us something that happens to really be good uh that's when i go out of my way to shout them out so thank you new air and uh and i recommend it and it'll be in our gift guide so you'll be able to see it next month Good stuff. So with that, we are signing off. You've been listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez with Eric Carovino. Thank you all. And Ivan Ocampo. Goodbye, guys. You can find the podcast at cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast. Follow us on all the social media stuff at Cigar Snob Mag. Leave us reviews, ratings, all that on Apple Podcasts uh, and wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, although some other platforms either don't have review spaces, but if your thing does have one, then do it, and Apple Podcasts for sure does. Uh, so leave us reviews. We would love it. All the stars you can leave us. Uh, or, or Some nice words. Yeah. Or if you're going to say mean things, like really go all out, like because that'll at least also be entertaining. We'll read your nasty, nasty reviews on the podcast. It'll Nick give us likes nasty ones. I prefer good ones. Yeah, or but if you're going to say good, like really go over the top in whatever give direction. give us five stars, but then write something nasty. There you go. I'm, into, I'm super into that. Uh, so yeah, that's it. I think that's all. Oh, and uh, buy the magazine. Subscribe to the magazine. Please do. Are we still at 18 for We're the year? We're still at 18. 18 for the year. And also t-shirts. You can get t-shirts that are very cool. Ivan's design. Ivan came up with this idea. That's right. Uh, hey, we are about oh. to be a hornless interview. Boom. And, and there it is. There it is. So yeah, it's uh, snob in big letters. One oh. last thing. Remember, we do have the Nubs for Days giveaway. Cigarsnob.com slash nub. Cigarsnob.com slash nub. Yeah, and you can enter once a day. So you can improve your chances. And what are people winning? You're winning a 48-count humidor, nub humidor. It's a really cool-looking little nub humidor, and it has slots for Boveda packs. So really slick. I dig it. And and nubs are are great little smokes. For sure. Real nice. And then when you're done smoking them, you can put other things in there. You can, although it is perfectly designed for nuts. Right. All right. Thanks again. Take care. Later.